Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the final Steelers War Room for this year's NFL Draft, 2021 NFL Draft. For many of you, you'll be listening to this the last, you know, the day before, the night before the NFL draft. For me, I'm recording this, um, you know, in the future ahead of you guys. And for me, the anticipation is just building for what will be an all-important NFL draft this year as the Steelers look to get those pieces of the puzzle that will help get us further than we did last year, to get us closer to that seventh Lombardi. As always, this show is about putting you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, you know, and Omar Khan to a degree, you know, we know they had their press conference, you know, by the time I go live to air, um, which, you know, I've listened to parts of, I'm, I'm going to be listening to it in full, but I think the major piece there is around trading back that, you know, Kevin Colbert talked about and the fact that, um, you know, that there are, the Steelers don't look to trade back on the, in the draft unless there's, you know, for every pick that they're trading back, there's clear options um, in terms of who they could go after. And that's a really smart approach. It means that you're not missing out on players. The other piece that, you know, Kevin Colbert was talking about as well, though, in that in that press conference, you know, around that best player available approach, which, you know, he talks about it, you know, and he's and Colbert mentioned, you know, that the that was very doubtful they'd be trading up was about the depth. You know, he labeled offensive line, running back, wide receiver, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and cornerback as having good depth. Um, 
you know, and, and that's really important. And I think we've covered a lot of those different positions in war room to date. Uh, I definitely agree, particularly on the offensive line, cornerback, the wide receivers do go pretty deep, but unfortunately for the Steelers, the not having a fifth round draft pick is going to be really costly for getting some value on day three for them. Equally inside linebacker, there's some really great prospects going through the first three to four rounds as well. And outside linebacker too, depending on what sort of formations that you've got. But I think this is a bit more of a four, three friendly draft from what I'm, you know, personally what I'm seeing, but, you know, for, you know, for us, you know, and that obviously there's four, three edge rushes there, you know, where you were going to put at the outside linebacker position. So it will be interesting, but, you know, they picked Alex Highsmith last year. I wonder who else they've got late, um, you know, and guys like Shaka Tony and Chris Rumpf as well are guys that could be, could be late. Okay. Depth um, from Colbert's perspective was tight end safety and quarterback. Uh, and then, and really, really, I think there you're looking at there's, maybe five or six guys in the draft class that they'd be willing to go after. And then not so good depth of defensive line. Really this, the Steelers are bringing back everyone across that defensive line from that perspective. So, you know, if you don't see anyone picked there, then that sort of, that, 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 that looks to make sense. But interestingly, I'm actually in one of the players we're going to preview tonight. I am actually going to, you know, in tonight's show, I'm going to actually preview a defensive tackle that I think you can get quite late only because I think there's some really interesting news about him as well but look getting to this week's show we're just going to do a quick recap of draft picks um we're going to look at some the dj daniel jeremiah's latest top 150 prospects because we're going to talk about who quickly go through and find out who we've covered so far that's on there who's not um there's a couple of players that i'm going to talk about um on this show which are on that list so really looking forward to sort of bringing a bit of perspectives there so let's kick off just a recap of the nfl draft order so you know we know there's been a few trades made what have you Jacksonville picking number one. We pretty much know that's going to be Trevor Lawrence. Number two is in the New York Jets. It'd be very surprising if it's not Zach Wilson there picked, but it could be Justin Fields. You never know, but uh, it's very, very likely going to be Zach Wilson. I pick number three, San Francisco 49ers. Really, surely they're going Justin Fields, Trey Lance over Mac Jones, but you just never know. When it comes to Atlanta Falcons, you've got Matt Ryan in there. Do they go and look, go try and get his, you know, the his successor, or do they go get a guy like Carl Pitts and look to try and do a bit more now? The Bengals, you know, I know that Joe Burrow's been um, after. I think it's Jamar Chase. He's been, you know, trying to get, you know, trying to petition or campaign for. When really, should they be getting a guy like a Penny Sewell? Miami sitting there at number six, you know, they're quite rumored to be going after that wide receiver or if Kyle Pitts is not available, but surely Kyle Pitts goes there, you know, if they're not, although I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a tackle, you know, they, they do need some support there on that O-line, I think, but you know, if Kyle Pitts is on the board, you got to pick him. The Detroit Lions, are they looking for a successor, even though they brought in Jared Goff? Are they looking to bring in, a tackle, you know, uh, where else are they going to go? Are they looking to give Goff a weapon in a wide receiver? That's a bit of an interesting pick. Carolina equally. Do they go after a quarterback in a guy like Trey Lance? If he's falling that far, do they go tackle as well? That's going to be interesting. The Denver Broncos, they could pick a quarterback. You know, we know that Drew Locks, you know, he's not locked in, uh, pardon the pun, but he's not locked in there for that quarterback spot. So, you know, do they go after him? That's an interesting perspective as well. You know, we then move on to the doubt. Well, do they go? I've seen mocks, you know, so far that say they go after Michael Parsons at the inside linebacker position. You know, they could go after him. 
you got the Dallas Cowboys there. Are they going to pick a, a tackle or are they going to pick a, you know, are they going to pick a cornerback? New York Giants, they've been talking and talking and talking about Devonta Smith. You, you just, you think they're going to draft him. But again, they could use a tackle. There's a few different players they could use. Philadelphia, do they trade up, try and get back up there? After moving down six spots, you know, they've got Jalen Hurts, a quarterback. Do they pick, you know, someone else up there? Do they give him a weapon at a wide receiver level? It'll be interesting to know. Surely the Chargers are going to go get some protection for Justin Herbert at the tackle position. But again, you know, and a guy like, you know, Christian Darasaw is probably going to go there. Um, but they've got Matt Filer. So do they bring in Elijah Vera Tucker? It'll be interesting to see. Minnesota Vikings, now they're an interesting piece because they've got so many needs um, and there's different mocks that show different things and we know not to trust mocks. Um, but I feel like Minnesota could pick an edge rusher with this position. I'd really do. New England, do you really expect them to stay there at number 15? I don't know. For me, I'm not that confident that I'm on them doing that. You know, does Mac Jones fall that far? I don't think he's going to fall further than that. You know, if the New England Patriots are sitting there, I think they want someone to support him, even though... The thing is, he's a very different quarterback to Cam Newton. So does it make sense? Probably not. Arizona, but who knows with Bill Belichick, he's always got something in his sleeve. Arizona Cardinals, they were 8-8 eight eight last year. They're looking to get in the playoffs and, and make an impact. You know, they're another interesting position in terms of where they go. I would have thought that they might try to look to, you know, improve the defense there. Um but again, they could look for to support the O-line too. So it'll be interesting perspective. The Raiders, who knows with the Raiders, they passed on a couple of guys last wide receivers last year to go get rugs. That necessarily has paid off for them at eight and eight. They, I think they're going to either go with Tevin Jenkins, a Trevin Jenkins, or they're going to go, uh, you know, someone in the rush, you know, does a, if a, especially a guy like a quitty pay is starting to fall Miami at 18, you know, they're a big rumor to get an RJ Harris, but equally they could go get a top wide receiver here if they've already picked pits. Washington football team, again, if Mac Jones slides past the Patriots, they could be a team. They could go get um, Jeremiah Okoso Komora. Um, I think I've got that name right. Um, I didn't want to look it up while I was talking, but, you know, they could go get a guy like that. They could get like a guy like an Aziz Ojolari. There's a few different perspectives there. You've got to think, you know, Ron Riviera there. What are they going to do? Um, Ron Rivera, I should say. Um, not Riviera, <laughs> the French Riviera. Uh, I wonder how that's entered my mind. But yeah, in terms of watching football team, there's a few different things they could do. Chicago, do they go get a guy like Greg Newsom to show up the cornerback position after losing Kendall Fuller? That's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, and in terms of that, they could be looking to get a Mac guy like a Mac Jones. They could go out and get a few different positions. The Colts, I've seen them as you know going after getting a wide receiver to open that up, given T.Y. Hilton's back on a one year deal. Do they go get a Trevin Jenkins? Imagine Quinton Nelson and Trevin Jenkins together. I've heard that could be in a, a great pairing. I don't know. We'll have to see, but someone's going to have to keep Carson Wentz upright. The Titans, probably the team other than for some pundits, the Steelers, and I haven't, I haven't the Steelers are unfairly grouped in this, but and you might call me biased, but we brought a lot of guys back, is that the Tennessee Titans are probably the team that's the playoff team that's gotten you know, the worst out of all the other teams. They've lost a bunch of different people. They've got struggles in the past rush. Obviously, they brought in Bud Dupree. They've got their other outside linebacker. His name escapes me, Henry, over there as well. But, you know, what are they going to be able to do there from a wide defensive end position? They haven't taken a defensive end in the first round since Derek Morgan in 2010. Is this the time that they go and do it?
Then you've got the New York Jets right before the Steelers, pick number 23. Is this where they go get a Travis Etienne? Um, is this where they go get a cornerback as well? They've got some holes there. You know, they could go anywhere. I don't know. I just feel like they're going to go get uh, Travis Etienne. Then you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who are we going to pick? Who knows? And I think when you talk, listen to Kevin Colbert today, it's more wide open than what you realize. At 25, you've got Jacksonville. At Jacksonville, you could get a guy like Tevin Morig. You know, they could go after a number of different other positions as well, but safety, I think cornerback could be an area they could look to as well. Does a wide receiver fall? Do they look to try and, you know, support that core as well? But they've got a quite a young core there. Do they go get an offensive lineman, you know, that's left to, you know, help keep, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence upright? It'll be interesting to see what Jacksonville look to do here. Cleveland Browns. I think they're going to have to look at the, uh, the linebacker position. Um, cornerback, they're surprisingly weak there. They've done a lot around their secondary, but their cornerback, they could lose use a bit of support there. Um, so I'm interested to see what the Cleveland Browns do with their pick there. The Ravens, do they do Baltimore get Barmore? Who knows? But I think Baltimore as well are in that more um, capacity too. If he falls at that safety position, you know, do they go get a guy like your Jalen Mayfield um, to support their offensive line? They're going to be an interesting position. We obviously know they've started talking to um, Alejandro Villanueva. So in that case, they do need tackle there. They've obviously traded Orlando Brown. New Orleans Saints are there, 28. Who are they going to go after? You know, do they they need some help in a, at a couple of different key positions? Be really interesting to see. Um, but I think they're going to need some help in the secondary, and that's where I look to sort of where they could be drafting there. Green Bay Packers, you know, they're a team that could pick Creed Humphrey. If we don't go Creed Humphrey and we leave center on the board, they're a team that could get a guy like Creed Humphrey at number 29. Um, in terms of where they're picking. Um, obviously, they lost Corey Lindsley in the offseason there, so it'll be interesting to see. Buffalo Bills, rumor is they really like Etienne. Um, was brought up in the BTSC Slack channel and be willing to trade up. Man, I'd be willing, if I was Kevin Colbert, I would be suggesting trade back there, get their 93rd pick as well. Um, you know, gosh, could we get... He said we had five picks in the top 140. What about... What, what about that many picks? What about four picks in the top 100? What about six picks in the top 140? That'd be even better. Um, you know, I mean, do you really lose out? So that's interesting to see where the run on positions happens and where people want to go up. Kansas City, you know, they need a pass rusher. You could also see them. They've got a very old offensive line. Mark and I talked about that on Steelers Touchdown Under this week. Um, could that, what are they going to look to do? Um, equally, they could get a bit of cornerback help, I think, too. So they lost a guy like Brashad Breland, who actually did a lot for them. Um, so that's going to be an interesting piece. To, but maybe they go in the offseason and try to bring back Steven Nelson, who they had, um, that we know left the Steelers. And then you've got the Tampa Bay Bucks there at 32. Jeez. Oh, honestly, they're, yes, they've got an aging defensive line. They've just picked up the fifth-year option um, on Vitavea, I saw today. I think they're going to want a running back. I think they, you know, they could be a trade option up to the Steelers for an RJ Harris. So then we look to round two. When are the Steelers picking? The Steelers are picking at 55. The Steelers then go into round three and pick at 87. In round four, we've got the 128th and we've got the 140th pick. Then you have to wait all the way down to the 216th pick. Then we pick again. You know, at two hundred and 
I know we pick at 256 and just trying to get that other number right that we pick out. I think it's 230, 245. There are picks. What are the Steelers going to do? You're going to have to wait until draft night. <laughs> but the other piece I want to look at quickly, um, it's a bit of a wrap, uh, but you know I like to get into the picks of the top 150 from D- Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. And these are some of the names, not mock draft, but his power rankings, I guess, on those players, the top 150 prospects. Number one, Trevor Lawrence. Number two, Kyle Pitts. Number three, Jamar Chase. Number four, Zach Wilson. Number five, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver. Devonta Smith, wide receiver. Trey Lance, quarterback. Justin Fields, quarterback. Patrick Satan, the second, cornerback. Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle. Penai Sewell, offensive tackle. Micah Parsons, linebacker. Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive guard. JC Horn, cornerback. Jeremiah Owusu Koroma, linebacker. Trevon Morig, safety. Kawiti Pei, edge. Gregory Rousseau, edge. Travis Etienne, running back. Najee Harris, running back. Jalen Phillips, edge. Caleb Farley, cornerback. Jarman Davis, linebacker. And he's been falling down in some mocks, but I don't think he'll fall much past day two. Zayvon Collins, linebacker. Javante Williams, running back. Elijah Moore, wide receiver. Greg Newsom, cornerback. We covered him last week on uh, Steelers War Room. Kadarius Tony, wide receiver. Levi, I'm going to butcher this. Levi Onwazuruke, defensive tackle. Azizo Jalari, edge. Jason Owe, Penn State, edge. Mac Jones, cornerback. Please, Pittsburgh Steelers, do not draft him. Pick number 24. Joe Tyron, rank 33, edge. Nick Bolton at 34, Jalen Mayfield, 35, Tevin Jenkins, 36, Dylan Radnutz, 37, Christian Darasaw, 38. So they've swapped positions. He's actually fallen a couple of spots. Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback, Landon Dickerson, interior O-line, but center. Rashawn Bateman uh, there at 41. Peyton Turner, edge from ranked 42 out of Houston. Christian Barmore, defensive tackle, ranked 43. Ronnie Perkins, edge 44. Quinn Miners, we definitely covered him in Steelers War Room. Center, ranked 45. Pat Fryermuth, tight end, ranked 46. Liam Eikenberg, offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. Terrence Marshall Jr., wide receiver, 48. Javon Holland, 49, out of safety. Eric Stokes, cornerback, number 50. He's a guy that you might see the Steelers tackle in, uh, you know, sort of look to pick up in round two. Tyson Campbell, cornerback. Tommy Tremble, tight end. We reviewed him last week. Creed Humphrey, who we've obviously covered. My, you know, safety pick, I guess, or the safe pick for me in round one. Carlos Basham Jr., edge rusher, 54. Aaron Robinson, cornerback, 55. Richie Grant, 56, safety. Josh Myers, center, 57. Jabril Cox, linebacker, 58. Michael Carter, North Carolina, running back at number 59. Elijah Molden, cornerback. Samuel Cosme, another guy that I'm big on. He's offensive tackle out of Texas, ranked number 61. We've covered him. Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle, ranked 62. Drew Dowman, Stanford, center, 63. Then Pete Werner, linebacker. Baron Browning, linebacker, both out of Ohio State. Spencer Brown, who we've covered on Steelers War Room, offensive tackle, number 66. Brady Christensen from BYU. Damie Brown, the wide receiver, we've covered him in Steelers War Room pretty early on, so you can go back and listen to that. He will be a playmaker at number 68. Nico Collins, wide receiver, who I wanted to cover. We just haven't been able to get it through all the shows. 
Rondell Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue. Alim McNeil, defensive tackle, NC State. Milton Williams, Louisiana Tech, edge rusher. We will be looking at him in this week's show. Ellison Smith, Northern Iowa edge at number 73. Aaron Banks, um, you've got the offensive guard, Notre Dame. Chaz Surratt, Walter Little, David Davis Mills, Kenneth Gable, Tudu Atwell, Amari Rogers, Kellen Mond at 81, Robert Hainsey, Osa. Oh, I can't even pronounce that name out of UCLA. Sorry, Osa. Defensive tackle. Um, Kelvin Joseph, you've got there, cornerback Kentucky. Zach McPherson, cornerback. Divine Diablo, what a name. I know safety, Virginia Tech. Cameron Sample, edge from Tulane. Joseph Osai, Texas, edge. I'd love to see him around too for the Steelers. I just don't think he's going to be there, and we've got a few other positions in need. Brevin Jordan we covered in the first Steelers war room. He's a tight end out of Miami. Hunter Long, Boston College. Um, you've got Paulson at Debo from cornerback out of Stanford. Ifetu, Melifonwu, cornerback Syracuse, Benjamin St. Just. I really wanted to get through him. I think he's an interesting prospect for the Steelers. If he can fall to day three, we're not going to get to cover him, but he's an interesting one to keep note of through this draft and particularly post-draft. Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, Western Michigan. Tylen Wallace, wide receiver, 95. Jackson Carmen, offensive tackle out of Clemson. James Hudson, Cincinnati, offensive tackle. I've heard that he could be a real, you know, he's a bit less proven, but he could be a real smoky if you can draft him late in terms of a guy that can develop. Um, and by smoky, I mean like, you know, we see someone that, you know, that you don't expect that comes through. It's just a bit of a strand slang, but I just want to be really clear on, on what we mean by that. You know, definitely there's no racial context there at all. Derek Barnes, linebacker out of Purdue. Ernest Jones, number 99, South Carolina. Deontay Smith, offensive tackle, um, ranked 100. Wyatt Davis, offensive guard, 101. Chauncey Golston, edge. Dio Odiingbo, edge. Trey Brown, Trey Brown, cornerback. Kendrick Green, offensive guard, probably going to play center. He's another player that we are going to, he's the third player we're going to be covering on today's show. Malcolm Kuntz out of Buffalo. Jalen Moore, he's another guy that could really step up and move over more to the tackle position. He could be, you know, someone that delivers a lot of value on day three if you can get him and get him some experience. Deontay Brown, offensive guard. Monty Rice, Kyle Trask, Trey Sermon at 111. We've covered him. Amon Rasen Brown, wide receiver. Josh Palmer, wide receiver. Robert Rochelle, cornerback. Chuba Hubbard, running back. Keith Taylor, cornerback. Andre Sisko, safety at, there at 117. Richard LeCount, the third, safety at 118. Davion Nixon, if we were in need for a defensive tackle, I like this guy out of Iowa. He's ranked 119. Jonathan Cooper off the edge from Ohio State. Quincy Roche, we covered him too earlier in some Steelers war rooms. Trey Smith, offensive guard. Demetric Felton, wide receiver. Patrick Johnson, edge at 124. Jordan Smith, edge at 125. Marlon Tupelotu, defensive tackle, 126. Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle, 127. Tyree Gillespie, safety, 128. Brandon Stevens, safety, 129. Talanoa Hufanga, USC, safety, 130. Darren Hall, we've covered Darren Hall really early on as well. Cornerback, he played, could play a bit of safety, but more like that cornerback position out at San Diego State. He's 131. That's a guy that on a lot of mocks or a lot of rankings is like in that 200-plus position mark. If the Steelers could get him on day three late, that would be such a steal, I think, in terms of that prospect. 
Thomas Graham Jr., Oregon, cornerback, 132. Tommy Togi, 133, Ohio State. I know I've gotten his name wrong there. Jay Tefele, defensive tackle, 134. The edge rusher out of Notre Dame. Adita Konbu, Ogun Deja. I can't pronounce that name. I'm sorry, mate. Um, if it's a Steelers draft year, I promise to learn it. Ian Book, Notre Dame, cornerback. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, run back out of Oklahoma. Gary Brightwell, run back, running back, 138. Dan Moore Jr., offensive tackle, 139. Jamar Johnson, safety out of Indiana. Really like Jamar Johnson there. Um, you know, he's another guy that could do it really, really well at 140. Michael Carter, the second Duke cornerback. Shamar John Charles, cornerback, 142. Noah Gray, tight end out of Duke. He's a guy that hopefully they'll be on day three. He could be an option for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jalen Darden, North Texas wide receiver. Taquan Graham, defensive tackle, Texas. Patrick Jones, the second out of Pittsburgh. Is he someone that we could get? Tommy Doyle, Miami, Miami, Ohio, the other mother of Big Ben, offensive tackle. Shy Smith, South Carolina wide receiver. Daz Newsom, wide receiver. And to finish the 150, Jacob Harris. No, I've motor-mouthed at you there, but that brings up part one of this week's show. Join us for part two. We're going to look at Kendrick Green, Milton Williams, Liam Eikenberg, Wrap up more room for the pre-job. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And we're back. On Steel's War Room, I'm Matt Peverell, your host of this weekly show that takes you into the mind of Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan as we get through this offseason, we get through to the NFL draft. We're merely days away, people. We are merely days away. Let's kick off with Milton Williams, grade 6.25. You know, then that means from that perspective that he's someone that's not just going to be a good backup, but he could be a starter within his first two seasons. He's a really interesting guy out of Louisiana Tech, six foot three, 284 pounds. I know defensive tackle defensive end is not a priority necessarily for the Steelers early on, but he could fall pretty late. Player bio in his first action year with the Bulldogs, he redshirted as a true freshman in 2017, played all played in seven games, made three tackles. He had a larger impact in 2019, earning honorable mentions for all conference USA honors in 13 starts, 59 tackles, nine for a loss, five and a half sacks. Became one of the best defenders of the CUSA in 2020, receiving all team, all conference accolades by leading tech with 10 tackles for a loss, four and a half sacks, 44 tackles in 10 starts. Now, when I said later, he could be rounds two or three, but I think defensive tackle is going to fall. He's sitting there when the Steelers are picking at 140. I just think you bring him in. Pound for pound, he can match his toughness and strength with many of the interior defenders in this draft. Determining his best positional fit will be up to the team that drafts him. I've liked that. Think about Javon Hargrave and what we're able to do with him. 
He's a good football player who understands leverage and knows how to use his hands. He'll have some bumpy snaps occasionally due to lack of strength and overall mass, but that shouldn't debilitate his, his potential and his NFL career. He possesses twitchy power and short air athleticism, but needs to continue the development of working the hands and the feet as one to unlock his potential. Think about the Steelers' defensive lineman right now. He can learn from the best. His pass rush is relatively pedestrian at this time, and he needs to upgrade this to become more than just a good backup. Teams will weigh the tape and testing against subpar physical traits, but the end result could land him in the middle rounds as an upside talent. Tapered chest with dense muscular frame and no bad weight. Quick and powerful with above average leverage. Former high school basketball player with capable footwork. Lifts with accurate hands and upward thrust into opponent. Absorbs contacts and eyes into the backfield. and keeps eyes in the backfield. Works with quick win. Twitch against single blocks. Plays strength to displace block and make a play. Plants his post leg and battles through the double team. Core strength fuels his balance and keeps him on his feet. Hand slap to cave the edge and find pathway to the pocket. Quality secondary rush effort. Weaknesses, he could get caught between positions. Lack of length and mass may be a concern. Average first step quickness up the field. Effort expended versus big blockers delays his tackle readiness. Needs to keep his feet in the ground to keep up, keep from being bounced. Reach blocks often find him too far off the track when rush is widened out. Needs to develop a go-to move. An area scout from an AFC team said he uses his hands really well, which makes size less of a problem to me. This is all looking pretty good from my perspective so far. And these these weaknesses are things that I think we can we can address to a degree if you with a bit of coaching. Again, just because Kevin Colbert said there wasn't much depth doesn't mean, whereas I said before, we think the Steelers are going to draft him. The Steelers think they need support at that defensive line, defensive tackle position. You've got a lot of aging guys. This might make sense for them to get someone they can invest some time in. Alawalu is pretty much on the on a one-year deal from my perspective. I think you could see him retire after this season. Prospect summary off the draft network. I know they're pretty big on him. Um, Louisiana Tech edge Milton Williams was productive over the last two seasons for the Bulldogs. He racked up 104 tackles, 19 tackles for a loss, and 10 sacks in that span. Louisiana Tech played him as both a five technique and occasionally on the interior. I believe his best chance comes into a de- into an NFL defense that gives him opportunities to play on the edge on early downs with chances to rush from interior gaps on long and late downs. He's a terrific run defender that processes well, plays with extension, has a good power at the point of attack. As a pass rusher, he keeps his hands engaged and relentlessly um, competes to clear contact. Contact. He has good twitch in his upper body and agility needed to get around the edges of blockers. And he has a chance to factor into the defensive line rotation early in his NFL career with the upside to command a majority of the snaps as he develops. Base end, interior pass rusher is in his ideal role. And I think that that, I just think there's an interesting opportunity with Milton. And it was interesting. I was listening to the draft dudes, and this is what led me to cover him because I thought, wow, that's really interesting because Steelers like athletic guys. Did you know that his 10-yard split was in the 93rd percentile of all defensive you know, ends and tackles since the turn of the millennium? That's how fast this guy is with the 10-second splits. When we say he's athletic, I, I just think that's an awesome opportunity in, in that run game if he can develop a pass rush move. But look, let's move on to the next player that I wanted to profile this week, and that's Kendrick Green out of Illinois. Kendrick Green is listed as an offensive guard, but I think we're going to see him transition over. And a lot of pundits are saying he's going to transition over to the center position when it comes to when he starts in the NFL um, or, you know, when he gets his starts in the NFL, he's 6.21. So he could be a starter within a couple of years or at least a good backup. He's six foot two, 305 pounds. He stayed in in state as a four-star recruit and first-team all-state defensive tackle from Peora. He switched from defense to offense during his 2017 redshirt season 
adding 30 pounds in the process. He started all 12 games at left guard the following year and then began all 13 games in 2019, 12 at guard, a bowl game at center to replace the injured Doug Kramer. He was a first team all Big Ten selection as a junior, starting eight games on year three, on the year, sorry, three at center, five at left guard. Draft production is round three. Could even fall around four. Overview is he durable three years starter with above average, you know, initial quickness, capable of playing guard or center. Lateral get off makes him a natural fit for teams heavy into the outside zone as the primary run scheme. He can get to play side reach and backside cuts, and he specializes in washing his defender out of the play once he's engaged on the move. He plays a little too upright at times and lacks the length and drive power in his lower half to move one on one blocks around with adequate sustain. The run blocking will stand out to evaluators, but recognition inconsistencies in pass protection might cause a few concerns. His center guard flexibility is an advantage for teams that can go either way with how they want to use him. Green has the potential to become a starter at the next level. Strengths. Offers guard center experience. Off the ball in a hurry, gaining lateral ground with ease. Impressive ability to reach and wall off from a gap away. Accelerates through contact, creating washdown momentum. Pushes down block pushes down block out of the gap. Short arrow quickness allows for tighter schedule on combos, play switch energy and fire from snap to whistle. Above average getting into space on screen blocks, resets his hands in order to gather the pass rush in front of him. Reactive athleticism to make sudden cutoffs in pass protection. Weaknesses, two straight legged up to the second level, inaccurate radar landing on pull and climb targets, unable to neutralize power when heads up. Defenders are able to separate and play off his blocks. Shorter arms make block sustaining a challenge. He struggled to dissect gaming fronts in 2019 and he gets glued to twist action and misses an incoming rusher. Overextends allowing to stoffen. The source from a director of scouting for an NFL team said, we serve him as a center with guard value. I don't worry about the run blocking. He's going to need time to work to handle NFL rush. That's going to his NFL draft profile. When it comes to his pro football network draft profile, they list him at 6'1 and 305 pounds. There's a difference there between 6'1 and 6'2. Um, you know, and in terms of where they're sort of seeing things as well, they're saying his best fits could be with the Vegas Raiders, the Baltimore Ravens, Seattle Seahawks. Um, but they definitely say there are legitimate potential landing sports from on the final day of the NFL draft. If, if he slips to day three, um, you know, there's a chance he could get taken day two, but does he slip into, you know, that round four mark, even the, you know, round five, depending on where things go, you never know with the NFL draft. Um, looking over across to the draft network, they sort of list him as 6'3", 300 pounds. There's a bit of discrepancy in terms of his height. I think he is that 6'2 height with the NFL, though. I think that takes into the measurements of the Indianapolis, uh, the Indianapolis for the medicals and testing. They say he's an interior offensive lineman, which we already know. Uh, favorable as a day three target in the draft. He came into the Illinois program as a defensive tackle and transitioned to offense ahead of the 2017 college season. Season finished his career with 33 consecutive starts at Gardel Center. He has good lateral mobility and functional athleticism to develop and continue to work at the pro level. His potential as a recent position swap should not be ignored. That said, Green is understandably rough around the edges with finer points of strike balance, feel for scrapping defenders, angles when climbing to the second level, and his footwork and base. There are too many reps in which Green finds himself on the ground, but viewing him through the scope of a player who's still new to the position, the flashes of leverage at the point of attack and mobility, particularly at center, make him a worthwhile flyer later in the draft. They say he's a developmental center. My, my piece there is, is can Clem get him into the ability to start? You know, does, is this someone still go, hey, that means we can use some of the top picks on a cornerback and a running back and then bring this guy in and get him to develop because we've got a guy like BJ Finney 
worst case JC House now. There are still some veterans. I think Reed is still out there as well, Austin Reader. Scheme fit, wide, outside zone, heavy rushing offense, according to the draft network. I'm interested in Kendrick Green. I think he offers center's position, center opportunities late in the draft. To me, I, I just see Landon Diggerson as, as a gamble. I'd rather get someone like a Kendrick Green later on. And with that, with that finishing up with Kendrick Green, that wraps up Steel's War Room from a pre-draft perspective. Stay tuned for all the content from behind the steel curtain. We have got everything you need. You, the Pittsburgh Steel fan, you do not need anything else from any other site, any other medium, any other platform. Behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. There's YouTube shows. There's audio shows. There's breaking news podcasts that are going to come through. The only thing that you could possibly need another medium for is if you're actually watching the NFL draft and after that, Everything over the next, you know, sort of five to five to eight days is going to be draft related. We've got you covered. The whole team from your Dave Schofields and your Jeff Hartmans and your deputy editor, Michael Beck, to your Brian Anthony Davis, to your Jeffrey Benedicts, KT Smiths, Mark Davison, myself, who have I forgotten? Tony Duffio, um, Jeffrey Benedict. The whole gang, I'm, I'm trying to make sure, even Shannon White on the, from the writing perspective, there's going to be a whole host of different pieces and con- contributions from the Behind the Steel Network gang. We've got it together. We're excited. anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect define an opportunity imagine talking to millions of people across the u.s like i am now identify a problem creating an audio ad is time consuming offer a solution utilize cutting edge ai imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds well we did to create this ad to learn more about ai in the audio industry download the white paper from audiostack.ai Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.